good evening. And as always, I want to start by saying thank you for taking time to watch this video or listen on the podcast. It really is a blessing for me to be able to share with you. Sometimes, I'll be honest, I get sometimes frustrated and busy and think that it's a burden, but it really isn't. It's a privilege to be able to share with you what the Word of God says. Tonight, I really want to just uh, take a moment and uh, really dig into something that is in Job 36. Um, we've looked a lot about pride and and correction, but there's a simple truth here in chapter 36 that I think is so important for us as Christians, uh, us who follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we're living in a day and age when Christians are uh, mocked for holding biblical beliefs. But yet, if you don't hold biblical beliefs but want to call yourself a Christian, that's fine. But what does the Bible actually say to the follower of Jesus? To those of us who have given him our hearts and lives, who have made him Lord and Savior, of our lives, those of us who have submitted our lives to him. Well, in verse 10, the Bible says these words of chapter 36 in the book of Job. He also opens their ear to instruction and commands that they turn from iniquity. He starts by saying is that for those of us who love them, he gives us an ear to hear. He wants us to know what he says to us. God does not have a communication problem. God does not have a desire to inform us problem. God wants us to hear what he has to say. And it says there, and commands that they turn from their iniquity. Tonight, if you love Jesus and he is the Lord and Savior of your life, tonight he always commands us to turn from our iniquity. As a Christian, we should be daily evaluating our lives according to the word of God of is my life honoring God or is it not? You say, well, Jake, that's not a very popular thing in today's world. It's not a very easy thing in today's world. All I can control is me. And so I have to believe that the Bible wants to instruct me on the things of God. You say, well, Jake, I like my sin, or I don't think my sin is sin, or I don't think my sin is a big deal to God. You are mistaken. <laughs> it says to turn from iniquity. And then it goes on to say, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Now, this doesn't mean that you are going to have lots and lots of money just because you live for Jesus, or it doesn't mean that you're going to avoid problems because you follow Jesus. What it means is that there is blessings that come from following Jesus, blessings that far outweigh anything this world can offer. There's peace, joy, hope, a relationship with God that is close in fellowship. 
but it warns us. But if they do not obey, they shall perish by the sword, and they shall die without knowledge. Sin always has consequences. Just like in the Garden of Eden, sin separated Adam and Eve from God. Thankfully, he was merciful to them and did not end their life immediately, but spiritually they died. And so tonight I want you to know that you and I can live in sin for a season and many times avoid the consequences. We can make decisions that lead us from where God wants us to be and it doesn't seem like there are consequences. But tonight you and I need to know that sin always has consequences. But I want to go on and show you the warning that goes on here in verse 13. But the hypocrites in heart store up wrath. They do not cry for help when he binds them. They die in youth and their life ends among the perverted persons. He says here that you and I might be able to fake our faith. We might be able to hide our sin. We might be able to be two-faced for a season. Hypocrites, living one way and being another. But God says he doesn't overlook it. Storing up wrath for ourselves. There are a lot of animals that store food during the summer months to survive winter. And that's a wonderful thing. They store and they um, stack and they uh, and keep all of those things to bless them in the difficult times. But what God is saying here is that you and I can store up wrath toward ourselves. We can store up the judgment of God to ourselves. Now, I, as a believer, am going to sin. I, as a believer, am going to struggle. But what I must be doing is, like he just told me, repenting, turning from my sin, finding forgiveness. You say, well, Jake, I've lived in defiance of God for years and years and years, and I've never noticed the consequences. Friends, it's just being stored up. And I don't know how long God is going to be merciful to leave that, that dam holding that back. But the Bible says that God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and knowledge in him. So God is just being gracious. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish. And so God wants you to find mercy and grace and hope and forgiveness, restoration. But one day God will say enough is enough. Well, look what it says here in verse 15 as a message to hope. He delivers the poor in their affliction and opens their ears in oppression. I don't miss that. He started verse 10 by saying he opens their ears to instruction. And in verse 15, he opens their ears in oppression. Why would that be the case? Because what he's talking about here is humbling ourselves. When we finally say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need you to save me. Or while well, I'm saved and I come to him and say, Lord, forgive me for the sin that shouldn't be in my life. He gives hope. And the way he gives hope is through his word. This wonderful book, the word of God, the Bible. 
But you see, the Bible's truths are always real. They're always evident. They're always available. But most of the time, we won't listen. And so God says, if you'll humble yourself, no matter if it's in the times of blessing or the in times of opposition, the times of hurt, the times of life that are difficult, challenging, God can give hope to you. But don't miss this. You have to become poor in spirit. That means humble. That means saying, God, if you don't do it, it won't get done. So tonight, my challenge to you is, if you do not know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, but you know tonight that God is convicting you and dealing with you, I want you to pray along with me tonight. Now, you've got to mean it. It's not special magical words, but God promised that if you would call on him, he would save you. You could pray something like this. Father God, I believe that you are real. Lord, I know that I am a sinner and I have rebelled against you, God. And Father, I'm asking tonight that you would forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and life. Lord, I know that Jesus Christ has taken my punishment, my sacrifice on the cross. He took the punishment that I deserve. And so God, tonight I ask that you would forgive me because of what Jesus has done for me and because he overcame the grave and death. Lord, come into my heart and life. Forgive me of all my sin. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Tonight, if you prayed that prayer in a minute, God has saved you. Not because I said so, but because his word said. But if you're a Christian here tonight and you're saying, Jake, I just got so many sins and so much hurt, so much brokenness in my life, what can I do? Just bow your head and say, Father, forgive me. Show me what your word says to me in my life. Help me to accept the promises of your word as I follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. And so tonight, if you've prayed those prayers, if you've meant it, message us. Send us a private message. I'd love to pray with you, help you in any way that I can. But tonight, know that God is speaking to you, trying to give you hope in a future that is different from where you've been. And so as always, I pray that the Lord would bless and keep you. And if I can ever help you in any way, please don't hesitate to let me know.